All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the DFO Rundown Podcast with Frank Saravalli and Jason Greger on dailyfaceoff.com. Welcome to episode 248 of the DFO Rundown brought to you by Botano 19 plus. Please play responsibly. And man, there's lots of games coming up on Tuesday. 32 teams in the NHL, 16 games starting all at different times. So man, you could have an overload. Also still got the... Uh, ALCS, NLCS, lots to have fun at at potato.ca. I'm Jason Greger alongside Frank Saravalli. And uh, wow, Frank, the uh, the stories in the NHL uh, were basically uh, starting, I guess, technically the uh, third week. And, you know, it gets pretty big. There's some, uh, you know, some big stories of teams playing well, uh, some teams not playing well. And uh, obviously the league's uh, reigning. Hart Trophy winner, Art Ross, is now injured for at least one to two weeks in uh, in Connor McDavid. And that's a pretty big story, uh, specifically when you combine the fact that the orders are off to a slow one and three one start. Yeah, and the Heritage Classic is looming on Sunday. Battle of Alberta at Commonwealth Stadium. Man, it would be really disappointing to not have Connor McDavid play in that game. The 20th anniversary of the NHL's first outdoor game I don't know about you seems to be a pretty fast healer and a pretty dedicated rehabber. Just think of that knee uh, issue that he had a couple summers back that he got taken care of and back for opening night. I don't know about you, but I'd be surprised just reading the Edmonton Oilers release on Sunday evening. If Connor McDavid is not back in the lineup for the heritage classic. Well, basically they said, you know, he'll be out one to two weeks and, 
Um, yeah, you know what? I, I, I can't, I see where you're saying, I see what you're saying because obviously he's been a guy who is, uh, um, always, you know, at the peak of shape, it's, you know, it's like a, looked like it was his hip or his back. And obviously, you know, you're speculating, but that's where he grabbed. And, um, you know, I talked with somebody who was hearing impaired who, who reads voice. He thought he had said something like might, it might've torn something. So, and now I talked to a few doctors after, and so as an athlete, you can feel like you tore something, but it doesn't, ha- it doesn't mean that it's a massive, there's lots of different, uh, different sensations when it comes to a tear and it just might be a slight one. So, you know, or you don't tear anything. It's just your muscle really spasms and tightens up. And so, you know, Jay Woodcroft had hinted that it was something muscular after the game on, uh, on Saturday. So, you know, we'll see, um, you know, the it's a fine is- line, right? Because yeah. you, you want to have him back for a big game that the league has poured a lot of money into. And that means a lot for your city and it's a rivalry game, but at the same time, you're dealing with the best player on planet earth. And you don't want to have this linger for a month. You want it to be nipped in the bud. And it's hard to do that just in six or seven days. And that's what they're going to be pushing up against. Um, It's a push and pull, not to uh, pardon the pun. But um, I don't know. I, 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 he hasn't looked right to me. I saw him up close and personal when they came through Philly last week. And not saying that I had any inkling that he was hurt or that this might be connected to whatever he might have been feeling to start the year, but he's been very on McDavid-like, if that makes any sense. He didn't have a single shot on goal against the Flyers. He wasn't really ever a threat. Wasn't creating through the neutral zone. Wasn't leading any crazy rushes. Um, That part was a little bit surprising. And I think even just looking at you know, more basic things like point total and things like that production. It just hasn't, hasn't been the same to start. Yeah. Well, it does have eight points. It shows you how high the bar is when he has eight points in five games. And we're like, well, he's not playing very well, but I'd agree with you all the Philly game, the team I didn't think looked very good at all. And similar to the Vancouver game in the season opener, where I didn't have a shot either five on five. So, um, you know, it's, I don't know if he was banged up though. You know, to me, he was kind of a little bit representative of the team. They've, you know what, they've, they haven't played as well as they would like in some games. And then other games when they've played well, they haven't won like against Winnipeg on uh, Saturday night. You could argue they deserve that game to win, but again, they give up a shorthanded goal at a crucial time of the game. They did it in Philadelphia and uh, they, you know, Stuart Skinner hesitates, hesitates, then goes and loses the race of the puck. And then it ends up in the net and suddenly it's two, two, and uh, they lose that game in overtime. Obviously, McDavid didn't play the final few minutes and then didn't play into OT. So, you know what? It's in, the only saving grace for Edmonton is their schedule because uh, they they play Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday, and then again, not till the following Wednesday. So even if he's out, Frank, 10 days, he would only miss three games. That's, their, that's kind of their one advantage right now is that the schedule maker, this nagging injury came at the uh, ideal time if you're looking strictly from a, from a game's played. It's not mm-hmm. like they're in a stretch where they play every second day and you're going to miss five games. So let me ask you this on a macro level for the Oilers through the first week of the season, when they lost both to the Canucks, I was saying on a scale of one to 10, I was at a one on level of concern and, and I'm not including the McDavid injury in it because it is just a short time frame. So we're thinking macro, 
But on a one to ten scale, what is your? Do you have any level of concern for the Oilers? Well, to me, there's two levels. There's one to make the playoffs. I'm not that concerned. But I and I know this is going to sound like way too big picture, Frank. But I'm a big believer that winning the Stanley Cup, you got to give yourself every best mathematical odd because once you come to the playoffs, there's lots of luck involved at times and things can go wrong. Home ice advantage proves to be a big advantage the later on in the playoffs first round not so much but deeper into the playoffs it definitely does and if you look at Edmonton the last two years when they got deeper in the playoffs they lost to Colorado lost both games in Colorado in Vegas last year one and two so you're one and four and look at Vegas Vegas has already got 12 points they're six and oh Colorado's already got 10 points they're five and oh so the orders are seven points back of um of call of uh Colorado right now they're nine back with a game in hand so best case scenario they're seven back of both teams through six games like it's not it's not remotely close to ideal does it matter and, though well I, yeah look at last year so the well, does home order, ice advantage matter I do believe it does yes later in the playoffs Hunter, it, the it, Oilers the had it over it. the Golden Knights am I did they know Vegas was the home team buddy okay that's right yeah and that's what like last year Edmonton started 10 and 10 they were 11 points behind Vegas at the 20 game mark. Now they closed the gap. Do you think that home ice was the difference in that series? It would have been in game five, hundred percent. Like, I think it can play a factor for a team that I just look at little advantages, Frank, it might only be a 2% advantage. Yeah. I was going to say, are, are, aren't we talking like 53, 47 and 51, yeah, 49? Still, don't you, 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 Hey, you like gambling. Do you play the odds when they're in their favor? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> over the course of a long period of time, 100%. it matters. Yeah. Yes, and that's what I mean. In the playoffs, historically, the deeper we go, so and Edmonton, like, sure, they can win a round, uh, you know, finish second in the division, get home ice advantage and win, but then now you got to go to Colorado and you have to go to Vegas unless they get upset, right? And I just think, so you're putting yourself in a much tougher position if your ultimate goal was to win the Cup this year. That's where, to me, the concern is not so much making the playoffs. I think Evans is going to make the playoffs. Um, I'm not that concerned about that. Like, they'll, they'll figure it out. They haven't played as poor as a 1-3-1 and one record at times. Like, the Philly game, that was terrible. But, um, you know, other than that, I think, you know, like, the first game is kind of an anomaly. But they easily could have won game two and game five. So, you know, if they were three and two, you'd be like, meh, not a great start, but not terrible. So, this puts the pressure so that, on them. So, on that 1-10 to 10 scale, are you registering or no? I would say for the playoffs, I'm like a three. Oh, the playoffs, you're a three already. Ah, three isn't that high, though, to me. Okay. Two, sure. Like 20% chance. And what I about guess. what about the damaging cup? their chances to win the cup? Oh, that, that that's much higher. I'd, I'd say that's like teeter now. You can still, they could get hot, but now you're teetering to me. It's like at a five because you're half. It's You can lose the cup in October, Frank. I'm a big believer in that. Can't okay. win it. Interesting. So you can lose it. I, I I've been saying that, but I wasn't sure that I'm even necessarily at that point yet. Yeah. So, but it it is interesting though to see the starts from teams that are in that realm. Like, let's talk about Vegas and and the start that they've had. Six and zero, oh, the first oh. Stanley Cup defending champion to start a season six and zero. Oh. What part about it has impressed you the most? For me, it's it's not the offense, it's the defense. And it's it's not even so much the goaltending, it's the defense and defensive zone has picked up right where it left off. 11 goals against in six games. Yeah. Oh. 
Vegas, Vegas looks like a, a, a well-oiled machine that is hell-bent on defending their title. What, what hangover? Yeah, there's no hangover there. So. I mean, everyone has a hangover in Vegas. <laughs> and no hangover this time. Yeah. This is and the so, new, healthier, cleaner Vegas. Yeah. No, v- Vegas has been really good. But also, Colorado's 5-0. and oh, right? Colorado's got up- a chip on their shoulder, man. And Frank, I love the way that goals. they've started. McKinnon, yeah, like, did you see McKinnon absolutely destroying Jacob Slavin? Yeah. What? What a like? What a fifteen-second highlight clip! Show that to someone who isn't a hockey fan, and I guarantee you, they will be one at the end of it. Yeah. No. He, Inside out, right to the net, goal. That's like arguably the best defensive defenseman in the league, Jacob Slavin. Yeah. Not just some rando. <laughs> Jacob yeah, Slavin. No. They look good, man. They look Colorado looks hey, the Boston Bruins. Like I said, making me look like an idiot for sure early on. They're five and oh. And what if they they haven't given up more than two goals in any game? I just Dang. I'm sorry. I just didn't see the drop off. I, I knew that it wouldn't be 135 points, but I'm looking at that defense core and I'm going, how is this team not making the playoffs? And their goaltending. But that goes part and parcel, right? Yeah. So they're good. But then, Frank, I think we have to talk like Vegas. Are there, so expect- we've got some contenders, obviously, but then what about some of the pretenders? Like, where do you come out on the Detroit Red Wings in five and one? 30 goals for in six games. Well, look at their power play, man. Their power play is unreal right now. And you you can ride up. And the thing is, like, they got some guys on their power play. Yeah, it's, you know, obviously you're not going to stick at 39%, right? For a while there, they were, they were above 50. I totally get it. But when you look at just what they're doing, how many shots they're getting on their man advantage, where they're shooting from, that a lot of those numbers show that it's going to be sustainable to be a very good power play. You're not historic like the orders last year good, but heck, you're 28%, man. That's still that's still a ridiculously good power play. But you know, they're sitting there and it's been exciting to watch. Where do you come and out I on look, them? You know what? Detroit, it's funny because neither one of us picked them, and a lot of people didn't have Detroit in. But early on, they're living up to it. Their offense, the brink has been exceptional. You know what? I, I didn't expect them to be that hot. Early on, right? He's got like him and Dylan Larkin are one, two in NHL scoring right now. Like they're beating up teams for fun. Larkin's got eight goals in six games. Larkin's got eight assists, right? Like they're what are they first and second in the league? So, you know, give them credit. That's what you need. You need your best players to be your best player. Most Sider is an absolute stud on the back end. I love watching that guy play. Good skater. He's mobile. He's aggressive. He's physical, right? Early on, Frank, like, I uh, a lot of us thought Detroit would take a step, maybe not this big of one. It's early on, but they're full marks. It's not is like it, they're lucky. Is it sustainable though? That's my question. Well, they're not going to win. You're not going to outscore teams two to one. So that aspect, no, I don't think the the margin of victory is going to be there. And I also don't think they're going to win five out of every six. But here's the great thing: all the Red Wings need to do, Frank, is con- continue this hot streak for ten games. Right? Let's say they end up eight or nine, nine and t- eight and two, nine and one. Then you can play close to 500 hockey and you're right in the mix at the end. Of it. It's so crazy how the NHL works from that standpoint. I was literally just sitting here doing the math and going, okay, they only need to get 86 more points in 82 games. 
That's right yeah. now. That's only playing six. Yes. That's the way the NHL works. Just got to get to this threshold. There has, I don't think there's ever been a team that has had 96 points and not gotten in. I'd have to double check that, but I'm pretty sure that's the number. Yeah. Yeah. I know there's been some 95 teams miss, um, but 96 is like the historic threshold and bar. Yeah. So they only need 86 more in 82 games. That's crazy. Yeah. That's why I said, like, let's say shows they, you what a hot start can do. Oh man. It's, and it's like a cold start just makes it a little bit harder. It's not impossible. We've seen teams overcome it. The ducks, I think were the best example a few years ago. I think they won like two of their first 14 and still made the playoffs, but that's very hard rare. Matt, hey, you don't speaking, want to of, uh, spe- speaking of numbers though, I wanted to share this. Uh, I just wrote a story on dailyfaceoff.com. The NHL has launched a new stats portal today. You were talking about, um, I think it was the Bruins and, or the, sorry, the Red Wings and where they were getting their shots from. Mm-hmm. You can now see player and puck tracking data for the first time ever publicly. It used to only before be available on the broadcast. That's the only way you could see it is, is if something flashed up on the screen. And okay. so now you can see a player's top speed. You can see how fast and hard they shoot the puck. And then what I think is really interesting from both a team and goalie perspective is you can pull up a goalie's page and it'll show you a map and it's it's way more detailed than just home plate. There's all these little different sectors of the ice and you can see where shots are coming from. They've got them coded as a uh, high danger, uh, mid range and long range. And there's all sorts of different uh, ways you can analyze and look at the data from uh, a player and goalie perspective. So it's actually really cool. This is the first time you can see it. It's called NHL Edge. You can NHL.com slash edge. Super easy to, to go through. And what I like about it is even if you're not a hardcore fan, you're just a casual. First off, you're probably not listening to this pod. But if you are a, a casual, it's super easy to digest. You can you can look at this and and very clearly understand. And it's cool to look at this and say, hey, Rasmus Kapari. That's the guy that's the NHL's fastest skater this year. The peak speed is Rasmus Kapari. 23. Now, I'm on it Frank, right now, but it's not loading. So it's just, oh no, now it is finally. Okay, here we it go. It must have gotten overload after our story. Yeah, maybe. So so, but anyway, check it out. It's it's pretty cool, especially the the then you can do comparisons side by side of goalie to goalie. You can do player to player. You can also do um goalie to goalie or player to player comparing year over year. So the data, there's some limitations. The data, of course, player and puck tracking only goes back to 21, 22. So you only have three seasons worth of data to compare, but there's enough in there to start picking through it and really finding some interesting things about some players and teams um, that you just didn't have access to at your fingertips before. It'll be good, man. Uh, it's, it's always good, you know, the more data you have now, like you said, Rasmus Kupari, people are going to be like, well, what does that really tell us? Right. Like some of it's situational for sure. Shows he's quick. Right. And then um, I'd, I'd love to see the comparisons with and without the puck. Right? So he, so here's one thing. Yeah. That's one thing that it doesn't um, it doesn't measure. It just is um, pure, you know, speed. It doesn't say with the puck or without, um, but like here's one thing that provides some context. How many different 
22 plus mile an hour bursts has a player had in a season. Yeah. That gives you some indication. Martin Netchash in Carolina, he's got 11 22 plus mile an hour bursts this year. The next closest player is Nathan McKinnon at six. So he's got almost double the rest of the league, which is kind of a crazy number. Uh, just gives you some indication of, hey, this is this guy has some speed as an element in his game. Yeah. yeah. And also, yeah, he has the speed. And I wonder if it's like Carolina. And how much of that is back-checking, Frank? Have you seen Carolina's defensive numbers this year? Like, what so the hell's good. going on? It's... uh. What do you so what do you make of the Canes and their start, by the way? Oh, Do they have allowed for for anybody 30 goals against in five game in six games? So they're averaging five goals against per game. Keep in mind they had the second lowest goals against average last year at 2.56. So basically it's almost double. Now we can say it's early on, right? Their penalty kill being atrocious at 67. How much of that is goaltending? Oh. I think a fair amount of it's goaltending because you know, their shots against, they're not giving up huge amounts. I, I was looking at, at where they rank in high danger chances and it's not off the charts. It's higher than normal though. Right. It is higher than normal, but uh, you know, their penalty kill is, uh, is killing them early on. That's been a, that's been a problem because you, you like they've given up nine power play goals already, Frank one and a half per game. Like that's, you're not winning many games when you're giving up that. And here's many the thing. Pa- they're three and three. I know. And uh, they had an extensive road trip out west. And did you, but look at who they played. That's kind of the other, like they played some teams, like they played the Ducks, they got spanked by the Ducks of all things, right? Um, the, Anaheim, San Jose. Now, Colorado is obviously very good. And uh, as you said, they got. Uh, I, that was got, a potential uh, cup final preview on Saturday night. Uh, well, I'll tell you right now, if Carolina's goaltend doesn't, uh, doesn't shape up, no chance. But the thing is, they're scoring a ton of goals, right? Like their games are the most entertaining games in the league by far, right? They've, there's been 57 goals in six games in the Carolina game so far this year. You're taking the over all day long, yeah, right? Tyler's every game's been an over. Patano. Right? So every game's been an over. If you're looking at trends, keep that in mind right now. But it's, it's been crazy. I, you know, like them and the Kings five, five, and they go to a shootout, right? Mm. Carolina wins that in a shootout. Um, you know, they give up seven to Seattle. They gave up uh six to Colorado, six to Anaheim. I'd imagine it's- that'll change. They've got one more game on this hellacious road trip to start at Tampa Tuesday night. Then they can get a little home cooking. Finally, it feels like forever. There's yeah. no way a Rod Brindamore team is going to play like that all year long. You wouldn't think so, no. But their goaltending. To be fair, I, I've never really been a big believer in their goaltending. Well, Fred a- Anderson and Ranta have had good numbers, and now Kochetkov is back in there. Yeah. But I, I honestly think that the Hurricanes, much like the Golden Knights, I'm not. This is not a knock on Aiden Hill or Logan Thompson, who I, I happen to think are are pretty good. Um. I think it's so much more system based. That's why I was asking you, well, how much do you think it's the goaltending? Because it's so difficult to parse that out. Is it just that the goalies are having bad nights or that the system in front of them has broken down to this point and they need to fix it? 
Good question. I, I'd love to see I'm trying to find out their their chances off the rush. Like, is that where they're getting beat or not? But to me, when your goaltender save percentage is that low, Frank, so, like it can't Team save just percentage be of eight thirty three. Yeah, like it can't just be the system in in that regard. Right? Anderson's like played three games. Ranta's played two, uh, three games, and Kochetkov has played two. The highest save percentage among the three is Anderson at eight fifty five. Yeah, and and here's the thing, um, they're middle of the pack in high danger save percentages. So it's not like they're uh, actually above uh, middle of the pack. They're they're fourteenth. So in the high danger chances, Frank, they're not getting like they're not getting crushed there. Their goalies are actually making more saves. So um, and they've only allowed high danger chance goals against. Uh, you're looking at they've only allowed three. So I would argue then that it's not the system. It's a goaltending. Hmm. Hey, um, last week we introduced our generous guy presented by Crown Royal. Each week we pick a player or team member who went out of their way to do something for the team. And it's, as mentioned, presented by Crown Royal, the generous guy, because generosity lives in the small things. So Jay, who's your generous guy from the last week? Well, you know, this one, Frank, I, I saw the uh, the clip. And to me, it's the reaction afterwards. So um, Agreed. I tweeted it out. I know you, you and I talked about this. We both actually had the same one uh, before the pod today. Uh, Pete Rogers, longtime equipment guy for the Nashville Predators. So Evangelista breaks his stick. And Rogers is actually kind of down the tunnel a little bit. And he has to react quickly as Evangelista breaks his stick. He comes over to the bench. He gives him a new stick. And uh, literally 15 seconds later in the shift, Evangelista gets a breakaway against the San Jose Sharks and scores. And the reaction to me is the best part. So after yep. Evangelista scores, the Preds bench, like, and I, I'm sorry. They erupt. Oh, it goes crazy. But it, Ryan McDonough's there, Philip Forsberg. Oh. They're all hugging him, grabbing him. Because first off, these guys are the unsung heroes of every team. And they never really get any credit. But it, that right there, having an eye on the play, having an ability to grab the correct stick quickly, it, it Pete Rogers won't show up on the score sheet, but he gets an assist on the goal. Yeah. Yeah. Ryan O'Reilly's in there. All the defensemen, Carrier, they're, they're going. And also, it's the other equipment guy on the Preds. Who's just like head back, Frank? He's got his hands up, like the loving the goal. And you know, it's a small little thing in the course of a season, but to see Team that much excitement, like genuine excitement. Like you see Ryan O'Reilly, like their initial reaction, because usually when your team scores, everybody on the bench, you know, you're tapping the guy right beside you. They all on that side, the defense and the forwards, who obviously had seen what happened, the guys kind of a uh, you know, the in the middle of the bench, they automatically all turned around and there's like eight of them and they're going nuts. And to me, you know what, that just shows, you know, that you said that they understand the importance of it. So uh, kudos to Pete. Uh, I'm sure Evangelista young guys pretty fired up about it. And uh, Pete Rogers, uh, maybe after the game, Frank, I don't know uh, if, if they would, uh, if they would give him the, uh, the player, of the game that most teams have. Right. And I don't even know what the Preds are this year. So yeah, but let's, they let's give them a, let's give them a glass of crown Royal. I mean, honestly, it's uh, equipment managers are the lifeblood of, of any team. You go in any locker room, they're so well-liked. They're doing all the little things to make sure players have every single thing that they could possibly need to play and feel good and look good. 
and they're doing all the grunt work, hauling bags at three o'clock in the morning, hanging up sweaty gear, washing it. It's uh, for the most part, a pretty thankless job, but you see in a celebration like this, how much it means to a team uh, to celebrate someone like that. So uh, that is Pete Rogers. He's our generous guy for the week as crown Royal reminds you that generosity lives in the small things. Crown Royal crown everything. And they remind you live generously as well. Yes. Never a bad thing at all. So uh, look for the small excitements uh, of the week. Uh, no question. The, the other guy, Frank, that I, that I was thinking of was going to be Dylan Larkin because he has the, uh, the six assists. Uh, he's definitely wow. was in a giving mood. This That's week. an easy way to be generous. Six, six apples in a week, man. It's not a bad week at all for uh, Dylan Larkin. So he gets an honorary. Hey, uh, did they have this thing in Canada? Um, so growing up, you used to like, if you, in youth hockey here, if you scored a hat trick, you got a little like patch that you could sew onto your jacket. They used to like give it to you from USA hockey at the end of the year. And then uh, they had the playmaker as well. If you had three assists in one game. So like there'd be kids walking around with like jackets full of like hat trick things and playmaker things. Did you guys have that? No, never seen it. Utterly ridiculous. I can't believe it was a thing, but like you'd see, like you'd like pull up in the, into, into the rink and some kid walks in with like 47 hat trick things on his jacket. You're like, Oh God, what are we getting ourselves into today? (laughs) No, they never, uh, they, they used to have like the, uh, ESO would sub- sponsor like, and they had like your MVP of your team, your sports and like player most improved. And then you vote on those awards and you got a you know, pretty cool prize at the end of the year, but that was a one-time thing. So once a year they had the, had those uh, different medals and stuff like that, but, um, nothing, uh, nothing for, for, as a coach of a team, Frank, um, you know, one of my major uh, three points of emphasis is passing. Because uh, oh. when you get to, to full year, full ice, it's all about passing, all about passing. And, you know, there's uh, luckily I don't think there's any on my team, but I know that last year there was a few parents at the start. They'd be like, oh, little Johnny, if you get a hat trick or you get a goal, you get this. And then the kid would never pass. Yeah. And I'd be like, son, why aren't you passing? He's like, well, my mom is going to give me 10 bucks if I score a goal. And I'm just like, oh, that's nice. So then as a coach, I have to go after the game and be like, hi, Mrs. Um, can I th- talk to you for a second? Like, our whole emphasis is passing and little Johnny doesn't pass the puck because all he thinks about is money. It's, and all it does is now if the kid doesn't score the goal or two, now he should, he could score one goal, but if mom said you got to get two or dad, now he leaves the rink disappointed. I'm like, it's terrible. Stop incentivizing your children to say, Oh, I'll get you this. If you get a goal, it's the worst. And I'm telling you from a coach, it's terrible. Please stop. It's, it's really hard to break through as a coach and make that, get them to make that leap. But when you see it come together, so we actually have had this problem on our team the last last season and then stretching into this year where we have a couple kids that just, they, they're they so intent and focused on scoring goals that they don't even bother to look at what's happening around them. But we had one kid on Saturday. He finally got it. And he made some of the best and most beautiful passes of the year. And to see how excited he was for other kids to score, it was like a light bulb went off. And I just wish that we had, you know, I wish everyone would kind of connect on that same wavelength. It's like, you you know, I hate the acronym, but team together, everyone achieves more like you really do stop trying to do it yourself. So just a little, uh, 
little nine U youth hockey talk to get your get your Monday rolling. Yeah. Uh you eleven. You eleven, Frank, for us now. You eleven. So Okay. Uh, big time. Nah, no, it's lots of fun though. I'm having, you know what? There's loads of fun. I love coaching the kids. And I will recommend if there's one thing you could do at a coach, get an early morning practice way better than after school practices. We have an early so morning. We don't do that Wednesday. here. And it do you, is what un- day do you, what do you do it every once a week? Once a week, Wednesday morning, 7am. Wow. And, and you I'll tell find you that their attention is better. Oh, their attention. They got way more energy, right? Cause I encourage them. Hey, you got to go to bed earlier Tuesday. So the parents like it. Cause now there's one day a week where they go and we play fun games. First thing to start it on Wednesday. So they're all there on time and it's full ice. And you know what? Cause we do it. Like I do a little endurance skates for our kids. Just to, you know, four thirty seconds, you got to just go. to grind them into the ground before they go to school. Yeah. Well, but you know what? Like they're like you, you that is so on brand for you. Their attention span is way better early in the morning than it is when we have a four fifteen or a five fifteen practice night and day. See, so that's a cultural difference between us and Canada. We don't, we have the ice. It's sitting there and there's no, oh, I rent it. We rented it on top. This wasn't part of our schedule. Oh, we, I, I was going to say, separate. we don't have any, uh, ice that's used basically from 6.00 AM till 3.00 PM any day of the week. Oh, it's, it's all right. like open hockey, free skate. Like that's all that's going on during the day. There's no practice in the morning before school. Rarely there might be some private clinics or lessons, but that's it. Yeah, no, I highly recommend it, man. We started it last year just because there's so not you pay you pay out of your own pocket for that ice. Yeah, we pay, but you know what? That you get it through the association. The ice is like cheap. We, you know, we got 16 kids on the team, so it ends up being like seven bucks a kid. Oh, okay. What do you, what does your ice cost you per hour? I think it's about 140. And that's like a normal cost? Well, for the 7 a.m. The rest is all like we don't pay for any other ones. It's part of your registration fee, right? So for us, through you know, if, if I were to just walk into the rink and say, "Hey, I want to rent an hour of ice," somewhere between four twenty-five and five hundred US for the hour. <laughs> no, no, I think even after school, it might be like one eighty. Oh no, after school is prime time. That's when it would definitely cost you more than five hundred bucks. Oh my! They, God. You wouldn't even be able to get it. It's booked up. It's it's well, gone. The morning, if, to me, I would go to them with a business plan and say, hey, guys, you're making no money right now. How about I give you $100 a week? Now you're going to make $100 extra a week. You're doing nothing. 150 Yeah, I don't Try know. Try it out. Makes a big difference. So the kids' attendance, man, oh, it's awesome. Parents, you know, at first, they're like, what? And I'm like, most of you are up anyway. So they just drop them off. I'm like, you don't have to stay around. Go have a coffee. Hmm. It's 11 Practice. They don't have to Good walk. Good for you. Let's bring in uh, Tyler Uremchuk to the uh, program, who is uh, probably still feeling a little sick as the uh, Buffalo Bills. Tough one, Ty. Tough one for your Bills. Oh, yeah. I'm having just a miserable existence as a sport fan, sports fan as of late. You know, the Blue Jays petered out in the playoffs. The Bills can't beat anybody. It's I'm not having a good time here, guys. That's like, it's like the exact opposite down here in Philly. I know. Just thrash the Dolphins, Ray Finkel style. and. Uh, just the Phillies mauling teams, mashing teams in the, in the playoffs. Like there's something about the home run and how when you win on big slobber knockers, it just feels different <laughs> than like the a, long ball, man. Yeah. Oh, like, are you kidding me right now? Like the Phillies are fun to watch, but there's such a likable team. Hey, both of those series, 
have been great mm-hmm. theater to watch. Yeah, the brawls yeah, I mean, AL, ALCS game seven tonight. Whew. It's unbelievable. It. I do stuff. hate the 507 Eastern NLCS game. Like, that's that's tough. Yeah. For people who, like, have jobs and stuff. Like, I don't know why baseball. Yeah, I know. It's like, that. hey, let me, like, start yeah, but, tailgating at one o'clock today because the Phillies well, are playing. We don't have to tailgate before no, you every do. game. <laughs> No, no, you it's actually required by law. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, all right. But I would think right now, your boss, if you have a boss who's sports oriented and you're like, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to the Phillies game, game six. Yeah, no problem. Like I bet you most of them are like, yeah, no problem. Probably. Yeah. All right. Uh, today's edition of fill in the blank is delivered to you by DoorDash. Don't let the holidays get ahead of you. If you're running out of time to run errands, go grocery shopping. Do everything you need for that big holiday gathering you agreed to host. It doesn't have to be this hard. Make DoorDash your holiday hack and get groceries, meals, and more delivered right to your door for a limited time. Our Canadian listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more. Download the DoorDash app and enter code NATION25 in all caps. Uh, Frank, before the the pod started, you were uh, going on about how beautiful the Eagles Kelly Green jerseys are. Mm. So I wanted to start by asking you guys the best... The best throwback jerseys in the NHL are blank, Jason. Ooh, it's a good question. Um, see, it's I'm torn on it because they're the greatest jersey ever, but they still stole the franchise. So I don't like that. But uh, anytime you get to see the whale tail, it's money. So I would probably have to go with the uh, the leaky Carolina Hurricanes right now. Uh, fair. Yeah, that's a tough one. I never like when when franchises like the Tennessee Titans wearing Houston Oilers stuff. I'm like, OK, one, Houston has a team back, so they should get to wear the throwbacks if anyone does. I, I always find it weird. So, uh, you know what? I'll actually I'm going to go with Minnesota because they're uh, North Stars ones. Oh, not. damn you. That's what I was going to say. No, that's a good one. Yeah. I See, I'm, I some of the reverse retro ones were just no bueno. But that one was. Yeah. So good. And uh, yeah. they actually kept it this year as a third jersey for good reason. Like, yeah, it's like it's perfect. It's the same thing, just in Minnesota North Star colors. Yeah, it is really sharp. Like that green and yellow combination, man. It is crisp. I love how it's been. Like, so we were talking about this on Daily Face Off Live last week when the Ducks wore those new uh, maroon third jerseys that they yeah. have, the old school Mighty mm-hmm. Duck. Every team, for the most part, that had a great old school look has pivoted back to it. And that's their new full time look. And like you see the Pittsburgh Penguins, the, the, the jerseys they're wearing are from the early 90s. Yeah. It's, it was jarring to look back to the cup final in 2016 17. I saw one of the games on the other day. I was like, those jerseys were hideous. Yeah. But that's, the, the, everyone's changed. Everyone's gone back to the old school look. And I kind of think that's like how it should be. Well, yeah, the, the, they got it. They got to do that in Anaheim, that, yeah. that orange and, and the, the duck, what, what would you even call that? A duck footprint? <laughs> what, what, what is their look? What is it? It's a D with a duck footprint, duck print. Not as like the, as the coyotes Mets. went back to the Kachina. Like everyone's gone back to the good stuff. The Sens have gone back to their old school logo from the nineties. Like that's the way it should be. Yeah. I love when uh, the capitals go back to their eighties throwbacks too. like the difference between the, what they currently wear those reds versus those eighties throwbacks. They're so sick. 
Um, I am a I am a sucker for the Screaming Eagle though. Yeah, that one's dope too from from the nineties, uh, early two thousands. All right, uh, let's move on to the next one here. Three undefeated teams remaining in the NHL. Your question is: the last undefeated team in the league will be blank. If you want a little reminder on their schedule, Boston gets Chicago and then Anaheim. Vegas gets Philly, then Chicago. Colorado gets the Islanders, then the Penguins. Frank, the last undefeated team will be blank. Man, all six of those games that you just rattled off, I was like, oh, all of them entirely winnable. Uh, I'm going to say that the last undefeated team is the Colorado Avalanche. All right. Arguably the toughest schedule, Islanders Pitt versus Chicago, Anaheim, Philly, Chicago. So, all right, Colorado. I think they're just, the abs have been a force this year. Mm. It's it's something about the way that they're playing. It's utter domination as opposed to just looking really good. Yeah. Jay? Did Chicago purposely get like the worst schedule early of any team? Like, oh my God, they just played Vegas. Now they're playing Boston. Like they're just getting absolutely murderers row. Uh, early on it's Who cares. Uh, that means they get them all out of the way yeah i know but then you're beaten down you're so far behind you're just like oh here we go uh again uh i'm going to say colorado's a good pick but i'm gonna go with uh with vegas i just think vegas is they're rolling and uh and their schedule right now is is, is friendly right uh very friendly so i would uh i will go with vegas Third one for you guys, the Toronto Maple Leafs pulled off quite the comeback on a Saturday against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Ilya Samsonov yanked very early, just 13 minutes into that game. Joseph Wall comes in, lights out for the remainder. Leafs win in OT. Is there a goalie controversy brewing? The question is, blank starts more games for the Leafs this year. Frank, am I overreacting or uh, or is there a goalie controversy? Is it controversy or is it just one player playing better than the other? Fair. One of the other things that has cracked me up listening to the narrative of this is that people are calling Joseph Wall the goalie of the future for the Leafs. You do realize that Ilya Samsonov is only one year older, right? (laughs) Uh, So I say all of that tongue in cheek to say that Joe Wall should be playing more. This was all by design. Look at when he signed his contract. This was always going to be a year that he was going to be a full-time NHL goaltender. This was the plan. He has worked at every level to, to get to this point. His numbers have been good. At every test along the way in the NHL, his numbers have been good. Sheldon Keefe was talking about his practice and his work ethic. Anytime you've got Ilya Samsonov on a stretch where he allows three goals on four shots, I love that Sheldon Keefe was like, unacceptable. You're out. And I think he should be the guy that gets an extended run here. Why not? Go with him until he drops the ball. I'm not saying play 10 out of 10 in a row, but what's wrong with having this guy be your next one when Samsonov, either through team or player, There's no long-term commitment there. He was an RFA last summer. They get to ARB and the filing, and he signs a one-year deal that walks him right to free agency. Make sure that you know that Joe Wall is the guy or can be the guy and have that answer this year because it could really do you a lot of favors if that's the case and he's manning the crease for you next year at 775. 
Jay, who starts more this year, Wall or Samsonov? Oh, I'm still going to think it's Wall. Out of five games, Samsonov started four, right? Yeah, he still, got pulled You still dirt. think it's going to be Samsonov, you mean? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, Samsonov starts more. Like, Wall started one game, right? And, you know, in, in his one start, he had a 900 save percentage, no problem, you know, but um, he came in. It was great, uh, the comeback against Tampa Bay. Um, you know, the two goals in the final a uh, few, few second, a few minutes, and then overtime is fantastic for them. But um, you know, Samsonov's not off to a great start. I would probably have it so Samsonov isn't starting eighty percent of the games. So is he going to start less moving forward? I would think so. But ultimately, I still think he's their guy. And the thing about, let's say Wall plays well, let's say he gets thirty-five starts even this year. I'd be shocked if it's not that many. Okay. Well, let's say it's thirty-eight. Can, are you, are you going to hit your your wagon to a guy on 38 starts? Like that's always the risk too, right? Like there's no the, the thing about goaltending is take out the five guys. Give me anybody who can accurately predict how certain goalies are going to play to start the year and how it's going to look. Like it's but what it, I like about Wall is that he's gotten playoff action and he's looked good. Yeah, short period of he's time. He's played four playoff games and he has a 9.15 save percentage. Yeah. It's great. Only two of them were starts, but still, I, why wouldn't you want to find out as much as you can this year? Well, I think they want to play him more. I don't think there's any question. Like, I don't think Sam Sonoff is going to start four of every five, right? He did early on, and Wall's probably earned another start here, which is great. But he did. I'd he's, be surprised. He's supposed to play on Tuesday against Washington. Yeah. In the next five, I'd be surprised if suddenly Wall has more starts, right? Even in the next 10. Mm hmm. All right, third I one. I think he's 1A, one 1B one right now. Third one I got for you guys. Oilers say Connor McDavid out one to two weeks. Let's meet somewhere in the middle. Say he misses the next three games for the Edmonton Oilers. They play mini, the Rangers, and then Calgary. The Oilers win blank of three without 97 in the lineup, Jason. Well, I, I went through this extensively yesterday. Um, the Oilers, the last time he really not had McDavid for a stretch of games was uh, in February of 2020. Uh, the orders went three, two, and one. Uh, and if you actually look at their second to fourth lines in those games, like, oh my goodness, like they had lots of guys who were fringe NHLers, Tyler Benson, Patrick Russell, Gaetan Haas. Um, I know Man, Colby Cave. Blast missing, from the past. Missing quite a few others. So it was not, uh, it was not a, a dynamic duel. But here's the thing. Their penalty kill was perfect in those six games. They didn't give up a goal. And their goaltending had a 930 save percentage between Smith and Koskinen. And... Uh, which is funny because I told people to everybody used to be like cheering that they got rid of Mike Smith. I'm like, you guys are missing the facts here. Look at Mike Smith's numbers every time in Edmonton. They're quite good. Sure. Every now and then he'd maybe cough up a pizza once out of a hundred touches, but who cares? He made a lot of saves. So I will say the orders, I think they're going to go one, one and one in three games. That's very specific. I was going to say two and one. Oh, really? And I think what you just said was what I was, what you I guess proved statistically is what I was saying. I think you, you see with an eye test, which is it seems like everyone around the team, when you're missing a star player, finds a way to knuckle down. Yeah. Penalty kill improves. You get more saves from your goaltending. Everyone finds a way to do just a little bit more 3%, 5% more that I think ends up making a big difference. And yeah, I think they go two and one. And Leon dry saddle. Don't be surprised if he has five or six points. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised anyway, but yes. All right. There you go, guys. That is a wrap on this week's edition of 
<laughs> Fill in the blank delivered by DoorDash. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart, a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Now, we didn't talk about Frank. A four-game suspension. Uh, speaking of the uh, Heritage Classic, McDavid might not play in it. Uh, hey, I have that- one, speaking of injury update, one since we started talking. The Seattle Kraken announced that Andre Burakovsky is going to be out six to eight weeks. So Again, that's brutal for him, brutal for them. It's uh, for a team in the crack in that you're like, they couldn't score a goal to save their lives to start. And then they get seven on Thursday. You're like, all right, well, which team is this? What, who, what's it going to be? It's, it hurts to take a piece like that out of the lineup. Well, there's really, and the funny thing is about that, uh, about that seven goal outburst, Frank is, is honestly, you, you wonder because it came against Carolina. And guess what? They can't. They went back to scoring one goal against the Rangers. Like that's how weak Carolina is right now. They even gave up seven to Seattle in all of Seattle's other five games. Frank, they have a grand total of four goals in their other five games, but they got seven against Carolina. That might that might be the perfect example about Carolina is struggling now with their goaltending, even their defensive play at times, but more their goaltending. I think so. We'll see. But back to Rasmus Anderson. Uh, four game suspension. I. Like just a terrible decision in a, in a game that's over. Uh, he, uh, his feet leave the ice. It hits a line. It clear in the head. It's a no brainer. Um, they're appealing it. I'm not really sure why. Um, that because well, they want him to play in the Heritage Classic is why. That's the why. You think it's gonna? But but well, no, because how it works, Frank, is it's not like in uh, when you appeal the suspension, you can appeal it. But you don't get to keep playing until they hear your appeal. No, I know, but they're hoping that it'll be reduced so that he could play in the Heritage Classic. Yeah. I think they're hoping against hope. And first off, before we talk about the actual mechanism, let's talk about the hit. I'm with you. Like, I don't see, like, I I think four games is fine. Oh, yeah. I I don't see any issue at all. First off, the Department of Player Safety is incredibly process driven. They there's a reason why they work themselves to this four game suspension, which is really why I have a hard time 
believing that the commissioner, Gary Bettman, is going to come in and sort of slap down his own staff for stepping out of line in the process when they know that this is how it works. Uh, this Because it was not five or more games, you can't appeal to a neutral arbitrator. It goes right to the commissioner. And I think there's a lot of things to not like about the hit. The angle of attack, leaving the feet, as you mentioned, um, the, the primary point of contact, the situational awareness of the game, la- you know, last minutes uh, of a game where you're down a couple goals. Like there's just, there's nothing really that you look at this and say, oh, that's, you know, that's a redeeming part of this sequence. Yeah, it, it was a greasy play to me. It's, it's, it's not even now. Sure. I guess you could appeal it because there's maybe no harm in appealing it. Because if you look at the, at the often the appeal process, by the time the four games have played, you haven't even had your appeal heard. So. <laughs> well, that's, that's, well, that's what I was going to say. The, I think yeah. the process itself is broken. I would agree I think with the that. fact that you, you don't immediately go to a neutral arbitrator and it's not heard within 24 hours and a decision isn't rendered on that within another 24. That's one part of it. The timing of it is one Two, again, the fact that you are appealing to the commissioner who then will have to tell his own employees that they were wrong is another part of it. Optically, that's not a great look for the league to be you know, kind of coming down on their own employees. That's another part of it. Um, And two, the fact that it's the commissioner that has a connection to the department because he hired these guys, not saying that he doesn't have the ability to be impartial. It's just that the whole point of this is that it literally should be impartial. And the only way to truly do that is to have someone outside of your system that's not affiliated with the NHLPA or the NHL that can properly adjudicate this process. Right now, that's not the case. And players in the next CBA on a list of whole of whole other things to tackle, this should be one of the items on there for them is a better discipline appeal process to help get them where they want to get to. That's why, like baseball, you can appeal, then you keep playing until your appeal's heard. So it it encourages them to want to get the appeal process. It's a little different, though, because they play every day. Sure, but still, even if you have an off day, right, uh, and then you play on the Monday, usually they get it done quicker. The the NHL sometimes, you'll appeal it. Guys will have a 10-game suspension, Frank, and they don't get their appeal process heard before that. Like, give me a break, right? Well, so the, part of that, too, is is they, they hope for a reduction – even if it's not heard in time, it, it if it's that long, and especially if the person's a repeat offender, it ends up being a really significant financial transaction. You know, instead of losing three hundred and thirty thousand bucks, you might only lose one eighty. Like you're going to appeal every time just to get the one fifty back. No. So that's sort of where players come from on the longer term ones. But again, what's the what's the quickest way that everyone could hear this? have the entire thing be transcribed and then Gary Bettman writes a full written you know response to this it's it's it takes days and when you're dealing with four games you might play them in 8 days so yeah. that's i just think the process itself is broken oh, i would uh, i would agree wholeheartedly so um, but what and what do you think of uh you know the play in and of itself with Anderson and and 
and obviously not a guy that's um you know seen as a repeat offender more or less but is someone that is kind of often in the mix i think anderson from watching him play i think he's one of the bigger pretenders in the game if you want my honest opinion i think he's a guy who likes to act tough doesn't ever really ever back it up and so i'm not shocked that he would come in with the cheap shot because make no make no mistake here that's a blatant cheap shot right it's an obvious cheap shot he's frustrated they're losing the game runs guy as i mentioned his feet leave the ice before contact and uh, now if your feet leave the ice after contact we can talk about physics that wasn't the case his feet were off the ice uh, before he makes contact uh it's a dirty play and uh, it's unnecessary he is one of their best defensemen maybe arguably their best defenseman and now he takes himself out of the lineup for four games. You know what? Uh, what if the Flames go 0-3-1 and or something like that? In those, that might be the difference for their season because he decided to be selfish. So I, I think it's a terrible decision by him. Um, it wasn't necessary. It wasn't like Line had uh, ran him or stuck him earlier, right? Line has been joking that he hasn't been able to do anything mm-hmm. in his game this year, right? Like Patrick Line might be the, the most hilarious player when it comes to evaluating his own game. I can't do this. I can't do that. Like it was quite funny. But I just think it's it's cheap, it's unnecessary, and I get why they appeal it in the hopes to to lessen it even one game. But I don't think it will be, uh, and it shouldn't be. That's those. That's, are the hits I think that's what we game. both come down to is that it shouldn't be. No. So the hit just for timeline for everyone listening, the hit was on Friday night. The suspension came down Saturday. He announced that he's going to appeal on Sunday. He served the first game of the of the suspension on Sunday against the Red Wings. The Commissioner will hear the appeal today on Monday. I don't know how long it'll take to get a written response. They play Tuesday and uh, Thursday, Thursday against the Rangers and Blues. And then the Heritage Classic is on Sunday. So, you know, that's they're hoping against hope, I think, that the commissioner is going to reduce this by one game to knock it down so he could play in the Heritage Classic. But he probably at least looking at the timeline right now would be able to, you know, at least get an answer on that one way or the other. Well, let's be honest. If he's having the hearing today, there's zero reason why they won't give him at most 24 hours. I was going to say Wednesday or Thursday, you should know by Oh, Wednesday. Today's Monday. If the hearings today, there's no reason. Like you you do the hearing, you sit about, okay. Yeah. We heard you. Yeah. Now we're going to go and decide like, this is not a murder trial for goodness sakes. There's not a lot of, no, but have you, if you've read one of these appeals, yeah, it's, there's a whole transcription that has to take place between the NHLPA's legal team that comes as part of the hearing. The flames have their own thing that they can say. Anderson can give his point of view. And then there's a full on legal written document that, Gary Bettman goes through point by point and says, here's how it's worked in the past. Here's the precedent. Here's what, you know, these types of hits have, there's a whole thing you can, it's actually, it's, it's boring, but kind of fascinating to go through and read the 20 some page, uh, you know, tail at the end of it. And then you see what the commissioner's answer is. Yeah, no, I, I I've seen it before, Frank, but my point is how long does it take to read it? put it together they like if he filed for his uh, appeal process right away the, the nhl will have right at their fingertips all of the precedents that shouldn't take very long yeah, yeah. Together, right? right you're right no i'm, I'm yeah wednesday or thursday is when no, we'll have God, an should, honestly i think it should be before the game on tuesday but yeah 
that's uh, that's just me. Either way, I don't think they should reduce it. I think that's worthy of a four-game suspension without question. It's a blatant headshot late in a game when there's nothing on the line mm-hmm. and your feet leave the ice. Why? Frank, before we wrap up the show, buddy, I know I'm going to see you later this week. Uh, we need to tell everybody about the big game that is launching soon at Daily Faceoff. It's the new Survivor Pool brought to you by Wendy's and their new obsession, the very real barbecue bacon cheeseburger. While you obsess over your dream team, reward that dedication with Wendy's new obsession, the very real barbecue bacon cheeseburger. Freshly added to the Wendy's lineup, enjoy the applewood smoked bacon and crispy onions as cheese melts over the fresh but never frozen Canadian beef. Also, just so everybody knows, Frank, When you get into this pool, and it's a survivor pool, it's not just pick the winner once. It happens. You can enter every week. The winner at the end of the year, $5,000. The the best part is you can win the week and still get awesome prizes from Wendy's, which will also keep you uh, close to the top of the leaderboard for the season-long 5,000 cash. But you can dip in and dip out and get some awesome prizes along the way. Yeah, we're going to have to talk to our Wendy's reps and uh, make sure we get a one of these uh, barbecue. Yeah, I'm gonna bacon need to. I'm gonna have to sample this double bacon cheese. Hundred percent, man. I gotta know what I'm talking about here, Wendy's. So we're gonna have to get one. Yeah, it was. I think you had me at cheese oozing over the <laughs> fresh but never frozen all Canadian beef. Nice, awesome. All right, buddy. Have a good week. Thanks for listening to the DFO Rundown with Cervalli and Gregor. Keep it locked on DailyFaceOff.com and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? 
but there's more. You gotta decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount, and that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's gonna find the back of the net first, and you're gonna wanna be careful, because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you gotta predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.